It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. What are the six most desired business outcomes? When it comes to applying agility, businesses are normally all over the place with regard to what their expectations are. But I thought it'd be fun to put together a quick list of the six most desired outcomes, the things that you'll see the most common, the things that people ask the most for. Uh, Coming in at number six is innovation. Organizations don't want to be stuck with the current existing product or service log of what they're currently offering. They, They strongly desire to have innovation be part of their journey so that they can then incorporate new thoughts or ideas so that they can innovate and create new products and services that please the future of customers. It's it's beyond, it, it's stepping outside of the box of comfort where we've created the same products and services forever and entering part of the journey where we really have to be thoughtful about how innovation fits into our current workflow. Now, the bad news is most organizations don't take the time to do innovation, which I think is really interesting. Uh, They're so focused and so dedicated to to getting the work at hand done that there's no way that they can. It's like they're so busy cutting down the trees that they forget they're in the forest. Right. And it's just so important for us to think outside of the box and to discover innovation and to incorporate it as part of our plan. Coming in at number five is product fit. Uh, People want to understand how their product fits in the marketplace, how the product fits in the organization. Strategically, are we building the right thing? Is this going to be part of our DevOps or DevSecOps model? Uh, How is this going to integrate with other products or services that we have? And I think that those things are very important to consider. If we don't understand or have an idea of product fit, it's going to cause us to really struggle in the future with things that we are attempting to build. All right, that was a short one. Number four, early ROI, early return on investment. I think that we should focus on what tangible things we can get out of early releases. And I know this sounds crazy, but for me, one of the big topics that I've been talking a lot about is limiting WIP, limiting work in progress, figuring out what the right thing is to build. And I think that if we see early gains, whether it's true ROI monetarily, or whether it's ROI because we get information through the feedback loop that helps us build a better product or service, that we can get to fulfilling the customer's needs more rapidly. And we can do that in a way that it's going to really excite the customer and get them happy about the ROI that we've provided so far. Coming in at number three is cost savings. Nobody likes to overpay for something, right? It's just the way it is. So if, if, if we're a business owner or if we're someone who's in the market of building products and services, we want to we want to cut costs on our side and still deliver a high quality product or service, but people don't want to overpay for something either. So this applies to both sides of the spectrum. And I think that sometimes we don't take cost savings into consideration when we're building products and services. Even though we should, sometimes we fail to do so or we forget to do so, and it's okay. But I think it's just something that we need to revisit and positively reconsider. Coming in at number two, improve quality of your software or product. Now, let me tell you, this one is huge. More money is wasted 
doing rework. More money is wasted in trying to figure out how to reinvent or re-encapsulate or what do we forget? And I think that we end up in a place where we're, we're spending so much money trying to refigure things out that if we had only taken the time up front to, to make sure that we aren't building quality in and doing quality management, that uh, we would end up with a more stable and reliable way of doing things. Now, part of creating a quality management system is understanding the concepts of what true quality planning is, identifying value propositions, processes, service levels, intervals, uh, doing incoming quality assessment, ensuring the quality of any kind of process inputs that are coming to us. Then doing true quality assurance, which is, which is ensuring, of course, process quality as well as product quality. And then doing quality control, which is more of what we think of when we think of traditional quality, where uh, that should be our output, ensuring process outputs or true pure product quality. And our goal should be continual improvement, uh, where we design and redesign products and services. Uh, we have focus, relentless focus on customer satisfaction through surveys, social media, uh, observations, direct interviews, uh, continual supplier feedback, consultant preservation, or constant preservation rather, uh, and relearning from any institutional knowledge or things that have come in. If we can put these things together, it's gonna help us gain a more stable product or service and become one of the most strong, uh, desirable things that a business outcome that, that, that people certainly would look for. Coming in at uh, number one, right at the top of the list, and this probably won't surprise any of you who know me, is predictability. I tell everyone I'm left-handed and I would give my left arm for predictability. We need teams and organizations to be able to focus on the work and be predictable. I don't care if they do a little bit less. I just care that they can forecast out and tell me exactly what's going to be delivered. What we find is that teams and organizations don't focus on predictability. They're producing products and services that fall outside of the scope of what we normally do. Or as a symptom, they're setting aside a certain amount of time to do rework or you know, to, to feed this factory of rework. And, and what happens is debt grows, it doesn't shrink, and you wind up in this position where you're doing all this rework for things that you could have easily solved had you not, had you not uh, gone in and used... Uh, time-based forecasting or, you know, uh, properly limited work in progress. There's tons of things that you can do. But from a predictability perspective, I think the key here is to take time out of the equation and to make sure that we can have people predict based on the size and scope of the work. And if we can get to the point where we can do that, we can have predictability. Now, the good news is there are tools and systems and things in place that you can use to get from 17% accuracy in your predictability all the way up to 85% accuracy. But the key here is to best understand what techniques to use to measure size and scope of items, of projects, of team workflow. Uh, and I think that it all boils down to really understanding what your product or service is, who it provides a benefit for. You know, it, it goes like this. For our target customer who is struggling with this severe problem, our product or service is this type of product or service that provides this key benefit or compelling reason to buy it. Unlike a competitor's product or service, our product provides this different, outstanding, once-in-a-lifetime value that you're not going to get anywhere else. 
And I think that if you really can hone in on that and really bonify your product in such a way that it's going to be easy to meet and exceed consumers' expectations, that's when you're going to discover that the organization or business is going to be most happy and your target audience and market is going to keep coming back to you for more and more because you understand what they desire and you understand how to get there. So that's going to conclude our, 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 our podcast for today, our session. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you'd like for us to discuss, reach out to us. Learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.